Hey guys, this is Everything Missing or Murdered Podcast. My name is Andrea. I hope everyone's having a great night tonight. Um, so I'm just doing one episode tonight. It's not going to be super long because there is literally nothing for this case. There's not a lot of evidence um, and it's not a super well-known missing persons case, but I don't understand why... I mean, I understand why. It's just stressful. Uh, um, But I've been wanting to talk about this missing persons case for a while. So here we go. Um, I also just wanted to make a few comments. Um, You know, when, when an arrest happens in a case that's kind of I wouldn't really consider it a cold case. I mean, kind of cold because it's not exactly, um, it's been a few years since the murders have happened, not just the murders, but in general, in any case, just in any case, when something is kind of solved, it's not really solved because it's still open, but when, when there is an arrest and they have a person of interest or a suspect, blah, 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 you cannot, I mean, I get it. You want to know all the information or you need to, you feel like you need to. I, I always want to know the who, the what, the why. I always want to know that. But I don't expect to know all of it all at once. When, when a, when a police department comes out and makes a press conference and they don't answer all the questions because um, it's still an open investigation. You can't expect every single answer at once. Yes, if you live in that city and you fear for your kids in situations like that, I completely understand. I completely get where you're coming from. But I personally do not see why we need to attack the families because there's so many like wrong facts out there about any true crime case, really. There's so many um, people out there that want to um, harass them and like demand answers and expect them to give it to them. It's like it, they're the ones, in my opinion, the families are the ones that are owed the answers. You, me, we are not. You and I, we as a whole, besides those, the victims' families are the ones that deserve the answers. We do not deserve those answers. In a perfect world, it would be nice to know everything. Yeah, I'm sure it would be. But I don't think we should act like this. I don't think we should be harassing people. It's just, it's one of the biggest things that's wrong with true crime. And I try to ignore it. But there's just recent developments in a lot of cases and people are like still speculating and it's like, well, you know, they have an arrest. Why aren't they saying everything? Because it's still an open investigation. People are innocent until proven guilty. And I hope that for this case that I'm talking about, I hope that they get the answers that they need and I hope they get the justice that they deserve. I really do. But I'm not going to go out there and harass them for information. I'm not. That's just wrong to do. And um, I didn't mean for this to be this long to say, but uh, it's just something I've noticed, not just with recent developments of a certain case, but other cases as well. So um, I'm very happy that um, uh, this is going down the right road, at least, and hopefully something happens here. Um, but that's all we can ask for. We can't expect everything at once. All right, so this is the strange disappearance of Eric Lee Franks. 
Eric had two big dreams. He dreamed of working in Hollywood for for that. He actually moved to California for a bit and worked on some sets. The other one was to have a family. Eric has a sister named Beth. Um, Growing up, they lived in the South and moved around a lot. Eric is older than his sister by four years. I read an article by a man that is married to Beth. His name is Chad, and he met her in December of 1995 when they lived in Nashville, Tennessee. I met Eric while I was dating his sister. Their family went out to dinner, and I was invited. He wasn't nervous, but said that there's always a concern of just how protective an older brother is going to be. I I get it. That makes sense. Eric is quiet when you first meet him. You have to be around him more and get to know him more for him to open up and talk more. Chad and Beth got married in 1997. Eric stood with Beth at the wedding. He ended up living in Tueplo, Mississippi for a while, and then after Eric and Beth's dad passed away in 2006, their mom moved to Ohio, and Eric moved around during that time, and also in 2008, he moved to Ohio to follow. Eric Lee Franks reconnected with an ex-girlfriend by the name of Kendra Firmingham. In October 2010, he moved to Saginaw, Michigan after his talking to her on, like, because he was talking to her on social media. Kendra let him know that he had a child with her and he never knew about, like, he never knew about this kid before. Kendra was married and I guess the marriage wasn't doing that great. His, um, she was married to a man named John Carnes. Eric only moved to Michigan because he thought this meant that Kendra and him were going to be together and become a family. Yeah, about that. Kendra and Eric have a daughter together. After a week, he got to meet her for a few months. He got to know her, even started having a relationship with Kendra as well. Now, I'm, I know the name of his daughter, but I'm not going to mention it because I honestly don't think she has anything to do with this situation um, that I'm going to be explaining. So I, I definitely, there's no reason to talk about it. Eric kept in contact with his family. Sure, it wasn't every day, but he would still keep in contact with them. He would call on the phone and email. In 2011, Eric Lee Franks went quiet for quite a few weeks. His mom would call and leave him messages, and he wouldn't call back. He was apparently going to move into a new house with Kendra, and the cell service wasn't that great. I get that. I moved to New Jersey last year with my husband and son because he's in the military. Our service out here is mostly dead zones. It's horrible. So I get it. Yeah, because like one point of the house, I'll be perfectly fine talking on the phone and then it'll go out. So we kind of have to use the internet and the internet sucks. So it's, it's, it's a mess. So I totally understand it, but weeks, I, I don't know, going weeks, that's insane. Um, the last time they heard from him was March 10th of 2011. Months later, Eric's mom got some emails from him. In the summertime, about once a month, she would get an email. It didn't sound like Eric to her. By November of 2011, his mom reported Eric missing. There obviously is something going on. She sent an email saying, unless I hear your voice, I'm going to the police. She never heard his voice. Again, basically, so that's where we are now. His mom called the Bridgeport to Township Police Department in the area where Eric had been living. 
She wanted someone to go check on him, but according to a detective, Sergeant Bill Arndt, who worked for the Michigan State Police, there was no record of a wellness check taking place. I don't really understand why. Maybe because they thought, like, he's an adult. Why would I need to check on an adult? I'm, I'm not sure. Then she called police, the police department in Archibald, Ohio, and reported Eric missing on November 14th, 2011. His case passed through so many different departments. I wonder if it's because they couldn't figure out where he would have been or at or something. I never quite understood that. It landed with the Michigan State Police in the end. The Archibald Police called the Saginaw Police in Bridgeport Township, um, and they took over. And then it was passed to the Buena Vista Township, where Kendra Firmingham lived. Then they finally asked the Michigan State Police for help, almost two years later. They don't actually get involved until March of 2013, which is really insane to me. Probably the biggest issue of this case. When they finally start looking into Eric's disappearance, they find that he was staying at Miller's Motel. Eric Lee Franks was last seen on March 14th, 2011, when he paid for a week's rent. I'm just going to go by that as his missing date because we don't really know exactly. But, I mean, that's the last time the owner himself saw him. So anybody else, it's a bargain. He was staying there for a couple of months before he went missing. The owner of the hotel saw him pay for his week's stay. You pay a week in advance normally. No video cameras at the hotel, unfortunately. The owner apparently saw that Eric's car was gone that week and the lights were on in his room, but it didn't seem like anyone was inside. So maybe he just forgot to turn off the lights. And I wasn't sure if every day of that week the lights were on either. The owner also noticed a woman cleaning out his room. That woman was Kendra Firmingham. This happened a week after Eric was last seen. The police talked to Kendra. Her story was that she went to the motel to help Eric clean it out. Eric wanted to go to California, so he helped. So she helped him clean. Wait, I thought he was going to be living with you and be family with you and his daughter. Why would he need to go to California? That doesn't make any sense. The police looked into Eric's phone activity and saw some outgoing calls after March 14th. There were phone calls to auto repair shops, to Kendra's phone, to a general surgeon, to salvage yards, auto part stores, a car dealer, and a dentist office, where Kendra and John, her husband, are patients at. Eric isn't a patient there, so are we thinking he let her borrow his phone to make an appointment? Why call to a surgeon and all this auto repair stuff, it seems? I mean, the auto repair stuff isn't what jumped out to me. It's mainly like the surgeon and the... Um, a car dealer, not sure why he would go see a car dealer either, but like the dentist specifically is what really, I'm like, what, why would you do that? Cause you don't, you, you're not even a patient there. There was other calls that they couldn't identify those other calls though. There was one last one that they saw on Eric's phone was to the Saginaw County Animal Control on May 6, 2011. Eric clearly had service to call other places. So if this was him, why didn't he contact his family? People are allowed to a break from reality and be alone, but this just doesn't make any sense. None of his calls make sense. Maybe, maybe the auto repair stuff, but not a surgeon or a dentist or even animal control. What would they need animal control for? 
The police talked to Crime Stoppers about Eric and his case was submitted to NamUs and other national missing person websites. They checked any credit or social security activity, but nothing was ever found. Huge red flag. Detective Arndt says that they searched local scrapyards, canvas neighborhoods, used aerial searches, and cadaver dogs. Nothing was ever found. They never found any of his personal property either. Nothing of his. Anywhere. Not his car, not anything. According to Kendra, he took everything to California. It doesn't even make sense. Eric's family thinks someone else was using his phone. He wasn't talking um, talking like himself or spelling words the way he would spell words. It wasn't him. You can always tell when somebody texts different, I think. I mean, because this is, of course, this was 2011, but nowadays you can definitely tell when somebody's texting different. It's September of 2012. To, um, Eric's family put up missing posters for him and reported his car, which was a 2001 Chevy Malibu stolen. They did a lot of searches for his car as well. I mean, if one call was a dealership, maybe he sold it or somebody sold it. They used dogs at the Miller's Motel and where Kendra and her husband lived. They searched their house as well. But again, nothing was found. Hotel rooms change over time and there have been more times of the police checking out that room. But again, nothing like the carpet was changed. Everything was changed. A witness saw John Carnes threaten Eric outside the motel once. They were arguing about something, but we have no idea what that was. And he wouldn't say anything about it either. The police have Eric leave Frank's dental records on file in case anything happens. There's legit no evidence in this case. Really. Everything is gone. Plus, it took so long for an actual investigation to play, take place. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that... Uh, that these small precincts didn't really look into it because some of them did, but like to take that long to really have an active role in it, like this police perp, I'm not blaming them. I just think it's crazy to me. Kendra Firmingham and John Carnes are persons of interest. They refused polygraph tests, but that doesn't mean guilt to me. The police tried to get this case prosecuted at least to at least get some sort of charges, but there was just not enough evidence. It's all circumstantial. In 2016, Kendra Firmingham died of cancer. So whatever she knew died with her, unfortunately. They both denied having anything to do with Eric Lee Frank's disappearance. The police did get a chance to interview Eric's daughter, but she didn't really say much. And news outlets have tried contacting her, but she hasn't re either replied to them or like responded to them at all or has said anything about this at all, ever. So that's, I mean, again, that's why I'm not going to be talking, like, saying her name, because it's not really, I don't think it's relevant. Eric's car was in his mom's name. There was no way for him to sell the car because he didn't have the title. He couldn't even renew the plates because the car wasn't registered to him. So it's not like he ran away or sold the car. Nine years go by. We are now in 2020. And the family received information from someone on the internet that there was a hit on the car, on Eric's car. The car was parked in a garage in Saginaw. The owner died and they sold the house at an auction. The person who won the car because not just the house was sold, but the belongings inside and whatever was in the garage were auctioned. So the person who bought the car took it to be inspected. It hit on Carfax via VIN number. A criminal justice student in California had seen a story about Eric's disappearance on TV.
she was aware because of her criminal justice studies that you can put a VIN number on Carfax. It will alert you anytime a record pops up on the vehicle. It took three years for her to get the notification, though. She gets the notification on August 31st, 2020, and the reason why it was on Carfax was because it had been given an oil change. Beth and her husband, Chad, went in there. The car was being worked on, and the person that was working on it told them why, or no, no, excuse me. They told the person why they were there. The owner of the car was another car dealer. They explained their story to this car dealer. They still had they still had his car just sitting there in another room. The car this dealer bought it from was that house I mentioned earlier. The owner was a man named Gerald Rutledge. Now, Gerald couldn't physically leave his house. He was kind of an invalid, like he couldn't take care of himself. So, why did he have this car? Like, did he, I mean, doesn't make sense. Gerald has a connection to Kendra. Kendra was his caregiver. The car was hidden in his garage and he couldn't see it. Has it been there for nine years? This is insane to me. Nine years of that car being, no, longer than nine years. It being there, that's, that's weird. The Michigan State Police took the car and processed it. The only evidence they could find was some blood on the driver's seat. Well, however long it's been there, I'm sure the dealer cleaned it out. Makes sense, sadly. The blood was Eric's blood. The police went to the garage where the car probably sat there for as long as it did. Um, there was a fresh spot of concrete. They dug up the concrete with an excavator and used a cadaver dog. They didn't find anything, of course. So maybe the concrete was used for a pothole or something. The whole property was searched and nothing. How much do you want to bet some of Eric's things were either thrown away or sold at the auction? I can't imagine going through this as a family member. I can't. I mean, I don't necessarily think that's what happened, but I, I have no idea. I just, it's crazy to me. And you can't ask Kendra about it because she's no longer here. In 2022 of this, you know, this year, they sent cadaver dogs to the house in Saginaw again and around the Miller's Motel in Bridgeport Township. But again, nothing. The family does not think Eric is still alive. There was no reason for him to be out of touch with them for this long. There is a Facebook page for Eric that is run by his mom. It's called Find Eric Lee Franks. Eric would be 50 years old today. He was six foot one and 175 pounds with brown eyes. His hair was black at the time of his disappearance. Honestly, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, this is everything that I have, but the best thing we can do is talk about his case with all the facts that we know and share his story. There is no reason this case should be solved. That there is no way this excuse me, there's no reason this case shouldn't be solved. There is no reason he should not be brought home to be with his family. I cannot say for certain what happened to him. I always hope for families that they are found alive, but in this case, I have no idea. It's unfortunate that we don't know exactly why he went missing, where he could have gone, anything like that. His car wasn't in California, obviously, so how did he get there? Here are some of the red flags that I... I have been thinking about. He said he wanted to be a family, right? Well, he gets into contact with Kendra. 
an ex. She tells him that she had a child with him and he never knew about this child before. So, okay. He moves his entire life to go be with them. I didn't, like I said, I didn't name his daughter because she's not a part of this. I do know she remembers spending time with him, but she doesn't know anything else. Then all of a sudden he doesn't talk to his family for weeks. He did, however, mention the area he was going to live in had no service. Yet his phone records show something completely different. His phone called several places after he went missing. I can see someone calling an auto repair shop. I can see someone calling for parts, but a surgeon and a dentist that wasn't even his or animal control, that doesn't make any sense. So clearly he had enough service to be able to call all of those people. It just goes over my head in that situation. Also, after he paid his rent a week later, Kendra cleaned out his room. Apparently he was moving out to California. So he wanted a family, yet he was moving out to California. Why? Let's say that's true. Why did he change his mind? Yes, one of his dreams was to live in Hollywood, but why all of a sudden when he had a daughter that he was enjoying getting to know and had the notion that Kendra and him would be family now doesn't make any sense to me. People can leave, sure. Honestly, people can leave, but his car being in that house for so long, I don't think so. But years go by. His mom owned that car. He wouldn't have been able to renew the plates or sell it. His car was found in Saginaw in a garage owned by someone who couldn't even drive. Kendra was the person, that person's caregiver. Why wouldn't she tell anyone that the car was there? You'd think somebody, I'm not necessarily saying she's guilty because we have no idea. But she has to be involved somehow and she's no longer here to talk about it. She, and her husband refuses to talk but claims he knows nothing about anything. So what is the truth here? Someone claims to have seen Eric and John argue. What could that have been about? Why couldn't he even discuss that? It's such a hard thing, such a hard situation to figure out. And it's it's stressful, honestly. There is also an Eric Lee Frank's missing persons page on... Hold on. I forgot the website. Hold on one second. I'm so sorry. So I will just link that uh, website onto the show notes um, along with the Facebook page and the articles that I read about this case um, after I'm done recording this. Um, But the website just shows a, a lot of pictures of him growing up and how he looks now or what he looked like when he went before he went missing um some updates on the case which there isn't a lot I mean besides what I just told you that it's you know 2022 and they did search the motel property and Kendra's house again um but didn't find anything that's the latest update but it's a cold case and they are still gonna look into it it's never gonna be closed until they find him so Even if we can't arrest anyone in this situation, at least we can find answers for the family. And that's all that matters. Honestly, what happened to him matters too, but, but we need to know like everything we need to, we need to find why and the, you know, just where he is. He needs to be brought home. I think that's important. It's always important when somebody is brought home. 
Um, if you or anyone out there that has any information on the disappearance of Eric Lee Franks, please call the Michigan State Police at 810-733-9380 or the Missing Persons Unit at 855-642-4847. The, um, the Find Eric, Frank, Eric Lee Franks uh, Facebook page is, um, it does list a $1,000 reward from Crime Stoppers. Um, and yeah, the latest update is, is a Dateline, um, interview that they wrote. So that's the latest update about the 2022 situation. His mom, Eric's mom runs this page. So I try to check it once in a while to see if anything's changed or anything. His birthday was in September. It's just, uh. You know, it's sad when there's so many years that go by and you just don't have the answer. So I, that's all I want to do. I want to give this case attention in some way. So I hope it works and I hope that somebody out there knows something. The best thing, like I said, you can do is share his case and and talk about his case. That's the best thing anyone can do in this situation. And that's everything, guys. I'm really sorry it's a short episode. There's just nothing else out there unfortunately but i will keep you guys updated because i hope something is found soon thank you so much for listening and i'll talk to you next time